Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, um, the host with the most, as uh, some people have labelled me. Not going to say who. Oh, Jesus. Yep. I, I try to do the, I try to do the um, like, kind of cool start where you start saying something, you leave a space, but someone always says something and you've just, you've off to a bad start, Louis. You're supposed to predictively push start to the podcast. Oh, listen, by the way, if you think that's bad, wait to hear the question. <laughs> that's going to be a lot of people turning off the question. But it's you, that's the voice of uh, Louis McCaffrey. It's been a couple of weeks. Yep, I'm back. Um, you're back. Bringing that energy. Bringing that energy. You've got a cracking hat on. It's black and white. Are it's you all of a sudden a UV fan or are you a St Mirren fan? It's Polk. Oh, is it an actual Polk? It's an actual Polk. So cat. you've decided to choose the Rangers of junior football teams. Uh, that's not I mean. Um, no, Sir Manny always says that. Is that not true, Dermot? That's Dermot Coyle, you hear? I don't think you can say Pollock or the Rangers are junior teams. Not at all. That's what I've always been told. I'm, I'm just going back. This is just Southside's junior team. Have you heard anything yourself? That's Alex Lawrence. I can't say I have. I'm, yeah. I, I'm not very well versed in the, the in junior the, in the junior vernacular. Vernacular. That's I a fancy word for. I'm going to pretend game. it's a St Mulnhack because they just signed Donati today. Yeah, I thought that was 36 um, he, got the, the, he came to a mutual termination with Hamilton because they, just they, lost, a million, no, they lost a million pounds oh because right. of that scam That's why they couldn't afford them Yeah, um, which is that's, yeah. But the last I heard he still wasn't paid? Come on The last I heard he was going to be a coach at Hamilton but that's obviously fallen through uh, Jack Ross has uh, brought out mm. the big bucks <laughs> A couple of free pizzas No problem <laughs> at all uh, <laughs> And that's not racist. <laughs> don't know. Don't know. Chris, move on. Sorry, I can take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> Off to a terrible start. Are we honest? Yeah. Um, but no. Uh, so uh, we've got a, a tremendous uh, hip, hip panel, um, cool, etc. Uh, I've got a quick question on the week. Uh, as we all know, as we're all aware, on the week that Jeff Jarrett has been officially going to be put into the WWE Hall of Fame. Who is that? Come on. Uh, the question I've got, see, I told you it would be fucking terrible. Uh, so, Jeff Jarrett started TNA, which became a rival of WWE, and they kind of hated each other, but now he's been put in the WWE Hall of Fame. My question to was you he is... he a wrestler? He was, I. His, and he, he started the... He started the, the rivals, and now he's actually going in the Hall of Fame. It's all weird. My, po- my point is, uh, Rangers, right? Are, Hold on. Is that no, like, a Rangers player been put in the Celtic Hall of Fame? It's like Kenny Miller being put in the Celtic Hall of Fame because oh. he played for both. No, but my yeah. question is, if you were to take someone from Rangers, if you had to sign a Rangers player and put them in the Celtic team, who would it be? Right now? Right now. Wes Fodderingham. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I'm a fan. And I think you're complete. We'll get to you in a minute because I've got points. Okay. Um, yeah, except all it's discussions. <laughs> um, Dermot, if you had yeah. to pick someone, who would it be and, and why as well? I might just have Tavernier, just because... Can do a job in a couple of positions. Tavernier as well. Tavernier as well. So he's a right back, right? Yeah. Okay, so you would have him ahead of Lustig. Yeah. Eventually, Lustig is. I see. There's a word that he saved himself there, hasn't (laughs) he? No. Eventually, there's your there's your pause that you were you were aiming for. (laughs) Fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, no. Why? why, um, Why Tavernier? You know, I actually do think he's improved quite a lot for Rangers, and I I do think there is a talent there. I just I can't defend. So I mean, don't need to defend if you have the ball all the time. It's yeah. an, ex- an excellent point. Uh, Where's Fodderingham? Um, why? Why so much? Um, do you think he's better than Gordon? 
Uh, I don't know if he's better than Gordon, but I'm not a fan of Gordon. So I, I, I want Gordon replaced anyway. And I think Wes Fotheringham's probably close to being his equal. I mean, he's a good shot stopper. He's had some terrific performances when we've played them. Um, he's been pretty pretty consistent in terms of being one of their best players for a number of seasons. I can't really think of any outfield players that I would I would put straight into our team, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, this is just a few... Windass has obviously played very well just now, but he still wouldn't get into our team, I don't think. I don't think any of them would get into our team. I, I, if, if Celtic's full... I, I, to be honest, a lot There's of, a lot of players, I, I'll be honest, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. they've got a couple of decent centre-halves from what I've seen, but they're all really, really young. Um, none of them would really get into our squad, um, frankly. We've got two centre-halves who are better than... Two young centre-halves who are better than their two young centre-halves, yep. in my opinion. We're yep. better than them all over the park, including the squad. But I quite like Josh Windass. I think he does bring a, has a certain element of you know energy, and he's, he's got good technique when it comes to finishing. Um... Is he better than Stuart Armstrong? Uh, I don't think he's better than him overall, but I think Stuart Armstrong's <laughs> kind of chucked it a wee bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think fully fit Stuart Armstrong, fully focused, is better than a, probably the best. Windass is pretty creative, I think. I think he's, he'll turn into an even better player. Yeah. It'd be good if he moved somewhere too. I think as well, um, that. someone that I think a lot of people look over, and certain who's sort of caught my eye recently, I'm going to stick my neck out here. Jason Holt. I think Jason Holt is probably, well, certainly underrated for what he for what he does to Rangers. For I think that um, in, the same, in, in the same way that Cal McGregor is for, for Celtic, I think that Jason Holt is to Rangers what a shit Cal McGregor would be for Celtic. Yeah, because you're a big yeah. Cal Mac fan. I'm a huge you must Cal have admi- you, d- you you must have had mixed. I had such mixed <laughs> feelings. Um, let, let's just get to it because um, we're going to start with. Can we not? With <laughs> um, Alex is obviously if you listened to the podcast last week, which I'm sure you did. Alex is a Zenit fan, and he gave us some really interesting insight, and a lot of the stuff he said um, kind of came true in terms of a lot of it didn't. A lot of it didn't, to be fair. Um, but you can, you know, it's, it's all expected lineups. But um, Excel, Excel. Um, we'll get come to your kind of point of view in a, in a moment. But I'm going to start with uh, Louis McCaffrey. Um, Louis, mm-hmm. general thoughts on the game, just from an overall standpoint. <coughs> it was um, it was a bit of a shock. I can't quite believe what I was watching first half. That first half performance, especially, was fantastic. Yeah, best for me highlight. Best performance since, or highlight for me, is watching Celtic since we won the treble. I think his best performance of the season, easily. Um, just to a man, everybody was on their game. They all seemed to click. There was, I mean, Dembele's hold-up play at the top of the pitch was fantastic. Linking with people, playing one-touch stuff. Um and that it really looked as if everybody was singing for the same hymn sheet, which is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Dembele, I think, showed like how good he can be yeah. against Senate. Um, but, I mean, you couldn't really fault anybody. I mean, the whole team, everybody performed. Tactics spot on. Um, I mean, they did look like... They were in pre-season. They were in pre-season, aye. But, you know, we've still got to rise to the occasion, and we, we certainly did. Dermot, your thoughts just from an overall point? Yeah, no, exactly the same. Uh, kind of surprised at how good we were. Um, I did think it was 
Because they didn't really seem to be at the races, it was hard to tell, gauge, I just how good a performance it was. I, I really don't think they showed much or offered much, and so it made it hard to kind of place it in sort of terms of how would we get away with it against them if they were actually fully fit. Know, fully fit, and but fully also focused. if they were, they didn't seem to be trying at points. <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of a bit shocked how. How poor they were. Uh, again, I totally agree with what you were saying about Dembele. Um, I think the thing Celtic had been missing over the last couple of months is the forward three actually linking up and creating and knocking the ball about between each other. And uh, Dembele played a great part in that. And and Cham had by far yeah. his best game in a Celtic shirt. That I, boy was fantastic. I I thought in Cham was well. Let's hear it from the kind of opposite point of view. What what are your kind of thoughts on the game? Let's just put it this way. Um, within and within forty seconds of that game, items were being thrown around my bedroom. <laughs> really, <laughs> items were thrown um, almost consistently throughout the ninety minutes. Um, um, wh- wh- where do you think? You know, what was the issue? Was in it because, as Dermot says, the it is hard to gauge. You know, Louis right. It's a fantastic performance certainly. for us. Dermot's also kind of right when he says that it is hard to gauge where that kind of stacks for us because they weren't really at the races. Oh. I will say that on first viewing, and first viewing, I was just shocked at how poor Zenit were in terms of how much space they left open in their midfield, in terms of how big a distance there was between their forwards line and their defensive line at times. Um, when they were trying to press as well, they were leaving so much space in between. And again, all Celtic had a midfield diamond, which is good for them in terms of how they could manage to use Dembele. Um, for those we link up play and combination play and all that such. Um, <clears throat> and it was only until I only actually mustered up the courage to watch it <laughs> to watch it again um, last night, and it was only when I was watching it last night that I was actually here. By the way, this is some performance by Celtic. They said everything was fantastic. Um, I think that the midfield diamond did give them um, something that they have sort of been missing out on lately, which is that ability to play through the centre. Whether that be play up to Dembele straight away and then back to one of the Tyler McGregor to Kouassi or to Encham or whoever it was making that run or just to actually just play through them straight from the back so especially McGregor the, the spaces that he was picking up yeah. as McGregor does um, but again just with that 4v3 in the middle and Celtic were able to consistently just break through that and at first thought my initial reaction was no intensity in the Zenit pressing at all in fact if, as soon as that first line so they just played 4-3-3 I thought they'd play four five one against the ball or whatever, but they just went four three three. So as soon as that ball went past the, f- the front three, mm-hmm. that was it. Basically, they weren't getting back or anything. They weren't tracking back or anything. Think enough. about how many times Kieran Tierney in the first half managed to get in behind yeah. uh, on making runs yeah. on that left side. I thought as well that you could just say that that was because the winger on that side, Rigoni, wasn't tracking back. Yeah. But on the other hand as well, Celtic actually managed to basically stop the right back from going out to going out to him because if you looked at it once they once they started getting the ball over to Tierney they would have Celtic either have McGregor or Encham threatening to go between the full back and the centre half, which sort of kept the full back in narrow and gave Tierney all that room on the left side to just go. And obviously if you have Kieran Tierney doing that then you're you're doing well. Yeah. Um, he is delicious, isn't he? Oh, yeah! Terrific about business. Oh, he's he's just a sensational piece of terrific that um, we all just love watching. And you know, we're seeing this as I, I think you know when I sometimes speak to to guys who are not Celtic fans, I hear 
you know, they think I'm, you know, it's all hyperbole, right? They all think, oh, listen, you're, you're going overboard. And and I'm like, well, I, I watch him every week and I see him play the same way no matter what the opposition. He plays the same way. See, when we're playing in the Scottish Cup against Stranraer, he will play that way if he's playing left back for Scotland against England at Wembley. Against Bayern Munich as well. Yeah. Against Bayern Munich as well. And, and, and that's the thing about him. That's the, he's got no fear. He's got absolutely no fear. Um, Louis, who else stood out for you? What was the what was your kind of highlights from a personnel point of view? Was it Lustig? How well he played? Uh, would, it, would it have been Lustig? Uh, no, not not Lustig. He'd probably be last actually. Um, I, 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 <laughs> fuck up. I, I thought um, Ayer obviously was fantastic. Ayer and Yozo as a as a double act were fantastic. Um, looked confident. Um, didn't really put a foot wrong other than one bad pass from Yozo straight to a which, uh, which UEFA still UEFA 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 still kind of counters as uh, because he won the ball back or because Celtic did lose possession right. that it's still a complete pass and that it's not <laughs> because that Zenit right. did get possession from the bad pass and Celtic actually kept it it's still not technically so who says stats aren't a lot of shite um, <laughs> so yeah I mean they, I thought I thought they two were fantastic um, Tierney as you've said Kwasi I've not seen a lot well None of us have, but um, it was probably the first time. In the Russian league, you know. Uh, well, that's true. That's true. Um, but I thought I thought he was I thought he was good. He I thought he was great. I still don't quite know what his role is because it wasn't the role that I expected him to be in. So if it's a um, diamond, right, and he he it's he basically one in from being a winger, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So that means from his perspective, he just basically has to support. The runs coming forward. Yeah, so I think with his role, when you obviously depending on the situation in the game, the role is different. So yeah. when the ball's going up to Dembele, him and it was predominantly him because McGregor tended to drift over to the left side a wee bit. Yeah. So predominantly him and McGregor that were given the two options for the for directly from the layoffs. So he was getting forward a lot in that sense. Um, when the ball was on the left hand side, he was still quite advanced. So he was again he was kind of threatening that space in between. Crescito uh, and Mamana, so the left back and left centre half. So he was kind of threatening that space there, which kind of kept Crescito on. He won the ball back a couple of times. Yeah, yeah and it's, yeah. that that helps a lot. So when he's when you've got players like that, sort of close to the close to the centre, um, is, you, is he just is he just there to sorry to jump in? But is he there just there to uh, keep them busy? Keep who the the left back the left back and well, to le- keep them honest uh, well, to keep them on their toes from that yeah. point of view. Well, I suppose yeah, and just if you're in that position, then you give that fullback a, a bit of a crisis. If do, I mean, do, I, stay, do, I, I, do I stay inside or to uh, deal with this? And that's guy? to help our fullbacks push on. Yeah, or, or, or Forest hardly a fullback, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, certainly. And then when you have players that are sort of close to the centre. Um, even far side players that are close to the centre. If you do lose the ball in the middle, then like Louis saying, they can just jump straight in and join in the pressing, which was probably one of the most impressive things that Celtic did in terms of tactically how they set up was how well they managed to well, to counter press to win the ball back as soon as they as soon as they lost it. So yeah. think about how many times Celtic managed to win the ball back right on the edge of the box, continuing attack at the block to Tierney, another cross in clearance, win it again, do the same again. Yeah. And just go relentlessly at the box and just wait until something happened. Obviously in the first half it didn't yeah. but I mean if you do that often enough then well, often enough you're going to get a decent chance and you're going to put one away yeah. I, I think R- <coughs> Brendan Rodgers and the fact that he got his tactics 
spot on and it was so well set up. It was probably the overarching thing for me that we just looked like we knew exactly what to do. And I, I was thinking about this this morning, um, thinking about being on tonight, but I wonder how much... Obviously, they would have studied and studied and studied at Zenit and came up with a plan and had loads of meetings about it in terms of the coaches and planned a strategy. And I, w- I wonder to what degree... You know, you see a game like that, you see how well they executed it and how precise the plan was. Then you have, for example, the game at the weekend in the league. Is there such a huge difference in preparation for for those types of games, do you think? What do you think, man? I, I think they'll have uh, been concentrating on the, the Zenit game for... For longer? Um, yeah, six, six But weeks in terms least. of, like, I, I, I mean, like, working with the players try to get across the strategy because yeah. surely if they're planning for game after game the amount of time that they have to actually talk about the Zenit game surely was only once they'd got the last league game out of it or the cup game yeah maybe but I, I don't f- know or, or maybe not maybe they've been doing wee bits about the Zenit game for weeks I, I don't quite I kind of think the Zenit game is going to be such a big game that they'll have been thinking about it studying Zenit working out in their own minds what they were what the game plan was going to be uh, and probably could have worked towards it over a couple of weeks. Uh. I think potentially as well. See, as soon as the game was over, um, and obviously we had the game on on Sunday, and th- this isn't disrespectful to St. Johnson. I think they still would have been working on what they're going to do in Zenit. I think that's why the team's totally changed. That eight, really, eight changes, you know, eight changes, and that's why there was no cohesion. Uh, a lot of people rested. Let, uh, let me ask you this, Dermot, and I'm going to come to to yourself as well, Alex, because he's a player that we kind of highlighted. Um, but Scott Brown absolutely dominated oh, him in the middle yeah. of the park. Paredes, um, he has class, there's no doubt, but it just shows how good Brown is. Aye, I mean Brown, he keeps on doing it. Yeah, uh, we keep writing gets, him off, and he keeps on yeah, doing it. Yeah, and he gets more and more impressive. I think uh, some of these performances that he puts in, I, th- I think Brown's just matured so much over the years that he, he hasn't, he doesn't lose the head anymore the same way. Yeah, uh, kicking Neymar. I, I couldn't really see why he got booked. Did they trip over got, the guy? Bo- they both got booked. Aye, aye. so Paredes, I think two run-ins up one aye. after the other, but, but he had almost hit. Brown or caught him in the head with a boot. Ah, he did like tripped over him Brown or something. Brown tried to get him back right. or something. He did as well. <laughs> he did, but <laughs> I did miss it. He always does. <laughs> oh, well. ah, he does. But what do you think of that um, idea of um, you know Parade, um, not Parade, uh, Brown and Cham? Is that is that working for you? Is that is that central uh, partnership working for you? It is now. Uh, earlier on in the year, I was struggling. I couldn't really see just how good and Cham was. To be honest, and I think now he's kind of fitting into the team. Everything went through him. Yeah, everything went through him. Yeah, it's like an part. It's a different role than we've seen in Cham yeah. before, though, because we've seen him play higher up. So against Hearts, yep. uh, the most recent game against Hearts, he played a wee bit higher up. I think it was more like a, a number ten almost with the two strikers. Yeah, um, we've seen him play alongside Brown, sort of deeper, um, breaking up play at the uh, beginning of the season and such. Yeah, uh-huh. and I think that both those roles maybe don't quite showcase exactly what yeah. he's capable of doing. And a lot more freedom. To move aye, about. So also yeah. again, playing midfield diamond there, and you got Kuasi on one side and Cham on the other, and really did allow. Just like, think, think how many times in Cham just managed to run just straight through, just straight yep. through in between the fullback and the centre half, making forward runs, enjoying an attack that way. Because um, when we saw the kind of team was was laid out, um, in no way or thought I though I just didn't see in Kowasi playing in that role that he played in. 
Um, I, I expected other, I expected Kowasi at the bottom and Brown on the side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. but I also think um, the opportunity where the ball was played, Tierney played the ball a superb ball to Kowasi out wide in the second half, and Kowasi's got the ball and he hits the wee ball inside to yep. as the run's been made. And you think to yourself, if that was a player who had a better, like if that was in Cham, who had a better way to pass. Um, I'm not taking any with anything away from Kowasi because the other thing about Kowasi is um, he's hardly played. And then all of a sudden you throw him in, you're like, okay, there you go, son. Two games in a row, three games in a row. He's not going to be, especially different positions as well. Yeah. You know, he clearly is an adaptable young man, but we don't know. He, he, he needs to be playing in the same position overall. He, he wasn't far off with that pass either. I know. You know yeah. It wasn't he's horribly. A, he's a more creative player than folk give him credit for. Yeah. I mean, when he was playing at Krasnodar, the, um, there's, there's a comparison that um, was the first thought that came to my mind, the first thought that came to pals mine who watch Russian football a lot the first thought that came to our minds was Alex Song because Alex Song mm-hmm. at the time was playing at Ruben Kazan so it was an easy distinction yep. it was an easy comparison to make um, I so he's a much more creative player and I think then people give him credit for We, as Louis says though we, we just don't really know yeah. that much uh, about him and, and uh, again like Brendan Rodgers has sort of hid him almost for yeah. for a long time and you know, brought him out against he, like he Kilmarnock a couple of times yeah. Yeah, so. he did have a few performances where he came on and kind of put himself about a bit yeah but then again comes in one game he's a young young man yeah. as well um, young man again just going from playing and there's no disrespect there but in pretty small crowds in Russia and then going and playing Scotland if you're playing I think one of the games he came on at Celtic Park and um, like I said put yeah. himself about um, he fucking dominates life it's no <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's welcome to it you come up here you swipe away these plankton footballers you tell them that look I'm, I play for Glasgow Celtic on your fuck, know your fucking place and know your role. The one who just ran into a guy and flagged yeah, him. Aye, aye. <laughs> that, that was a bit mental. To <laughs> the thing is, though, I think that game on that game on Thursday is that that's his Celtic career started now. Yeah. I, I don't think he will ever be far away now. He'll be in the squad every week. I think just on that point, like. Uh, Adaptability was what we used there, used there, and you know, obviously, if Alex, you're saying he's kind of, you know, he's a little bit more, maybe more creative, and the fact that we've got in Cham who week on week is playing different roles, but he's looking, he's looking really energetic, and he's running with the ball more, and he's playing almost. I'm not saying he's playing, he's a box to box midfielder, but potentially that role is something he could maybe do. Um, you're looking at Armstrong, and you're thinking to yourself, even if you're fully fit, I. I just don't know if Armstrong's going to make it back into the reckoning because you get Tom Rogic coming back, you've got Pat Roberts back in the fold, you've now got Charlie's there, um, a guy like Armstrong, but, you get McGregor as well. But then remember, we got Morgan but, coming look, back, we got Forrest. I know, but look at the position we're in. Very rarely you're going to have everybody fully fit and available. That's a, that's a, that's a you good need, point. You need a strong squad. Diffi- we're lucky that we have one. The difference is though we've had uh, we've not had people. We've had niggling injuries. But we we've also had long term injuries. So Pat's been long term. Roderick's been pretty much long term. Uh, Armstrong himself's been long term. Um, in- I still don't get that. I, I I don't get why he went to Dubai. He went to Dubai for the for the jollies. Came back and then had the surgery. Yeah. What the, what was that all about? Why didn't he just get the surgery first? There may have been a chance he might have been going out in the window because it's a hernia. So hernias can pop up at any time. Basically, you can you can have a hernia, you can be fine, and then all of a sudden, I don't know. I just so it kind of seems like it's a, it's a rupture of the the muscle, isn't it? 
protruding through. Aye, so, protruding yeah. through. So um, you can have one at any time and not know it, and then all of a sudden it becomes, oh, you've got a hernia, now you can't play. So they might have been... I don't know, I just remember Brendan Rodgers talking about it, I'm sure, and they, it kind of seemed as if it was like a planned operation, but by the way, like, that, why that, would you do it after he'd been to Dubai and ate all the... You ought a good food, isn't it? That, there's something very <laughs> nefarious about what you did there with your fingers. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the listeners can't see it. But the side something. eye as well. Yeah, <laughs> there, was a, there was a look there. Uh, so, uh, in terms of the the, the win against saying it, um, Callum McGregor scored. How did that make you feel, Alex? Did it make you feel bad? <laughs> did it make you feel sad, sad sick? I was torn. Torn? My Callum. I think my, my initial reaction was, why did it have to be him? <laughs> so you felt like a jilted lover, is what I'm led to believe. Yeah. Um, look, look, uh, actually, I'll go with Dermo. Dermo, tell me about uh, Charlie. What influence did he? How did he change the game? I think when he, when he came on his feet, he just looked. Uh, he looked so exciting. Uh, the pass was amazing. Uh, Unbelievable. It was really just wow. Uh, but I thought McGregor's finish was outstanding. He's so kind of calm. Took it down. Took his time. Rattled it in. Uh, McGregor was really impressive all game. If you compare that to the, I know we we've done this already at the beginning of the season, but if you compare that to his chance against uh, for Bruce, against Bruce mentioned Gladbach, where yes, so I I think that shows within a year the maturity that McGregor's put. I hope so, man. He's listening to this because I think that was Messi esque that finish. <laughs> no. He didn't. Uh, McGregor of of a year ago would have tried to head it or something stupid. Aye. The fact yeah. he was so confident to take it on his chest and then hit it in the half volley off the bar and then, whoo, yeah. screamer. His technique But is that goal, from the whole movement up up the pitch to that ball, fabulous ball, getting put in and then his technique to keep it down, get it under the bar, I thought it was one of the best goals I've seen in a long time. Uh, the run, the, the kind of movement with the ball from Dembele, strong, Charlie's take. Because um, when he hits the ball high, in the first viewing, I thought he just hit it. And then you actually see, you can you see, see him look him up yeah. and you can see the, the, the technique. What did you make of the goal overall, Alex? I mean, you, because we had Celtic had so many opportunities that I kind of started to think, oh, we fucked this. It's another it's, one of those nights. It's going to be 0-0 yeah. or they're going to score in the was, last minute. I was the same as well. I think the first half, again, from his end point of view, I was a bit traumatised. A bit traumatised in the first half and then second half comes in and Zenit far more, far more compact. Off to a good start with the second half. Uh, far, far more compact. Yeah. Um, in the second half, and I'm so, by that point, I'm thinking maybe, maybe, maybe just next something here. Um, get some like sixtieth minute. I'm thinking right. Because you had a big was, opportunity, didn't you? Yeah, I was fairly confident at that point. I was fairly co- at sixty minutes. I was fairly confident um, that Zenit would somehow just just the way Zenit do. Yeah. Um, just sneak something, and then obviously the goal goes in, and again it's a fantastic. Um, I think Musonda just. Yeah, there's some. Just, yeah, Claire's in the bedroom. Yeah, just Miss Onda's work and that goal was just superb. Yeah, I think it shows us what Celtic can maybe expect from. Him. Just depends on now. It's a case of where do you where do you fit him in now? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I was saying to my, my dad at half time. I was, I think I said in the, the ninety minutes, like WhatsApp group, like this is such a fantastic performance. I just felt we were missing that little bit of guile. That a Tom Rogic or a Pat Roberts, or a, as it turns out, Charlie yep. Misondak, you know, that just to open in the kind of that opportunity and and all it is is you just need that guile and then when you've well, got that technique that you know you can. That was the thing that was worrying me before it, and I I said that I was worried that it was a real lack of creativity when you first saw that team, and maybe that that was 
possibly at times still the thing that was missing. We were, we were great at, you know, creating opportunities, but it didn't look as if anybody really had the killer pass at the likes of Tam Roger came Not away. like, not individually, but I think that collectively, as a team, yeah. like like you said, they were creating chances anyway, despite yeah. not having folk who you would consider he's creative or he's creative. Um, like don't look at James Forrest for all his uh, all his virtues. I don't look at James Forrest think that's ah, a really creative player. Then the same way you do it, Pat Roberts. Yeah. Um, but I think collectively, the way that they were set up and the way that they approached their attacking play, um, sort of almost made up for that. So almost you got creativity in the collective. If that makes sense. How is Pat going to get yeah. back in that team? How's he? He can't. He can't. Pat. He can't drop Forrest. Um, well, Surely. Well, to be fair, Forrest can play on either wing, and Pat can play on either wing. So it's really a case of they aren't going to play every game either. They aren't going to play every game. But I mean, Pat's deals up at the end of the end of the season in terms of the loan deal. Um, I don't know if they'll turn around and say, "Oh, that that one was a buy. We'll, we'll take him for another season." <laughs> Come on, please. No. Um, I, I think I do want for at least one game. I want to see Masonda. Roger. Roger and Paddy, uh, just for one one <laughs> exhibition match. Yeah, <laughs> uh, damn it. Um, so one nil. You've got yeah. you've kept a clean sheet. So no away goals. You've got good for you. <laughs> it's tough, but yeah. <laughs> well done. Uh, going into the second leg. So the second leg is, and I, just to remind everyone, it's six o'clock on Thursday. The actual kickoff because it's in Russia. I completely forgot up until this morning. Yeah. Um, six o'clock in Russia. Um, Celtic, I'm, I, I, I want to get all your kind of individual team lineups because um, I know you're going to fucking put in your freak <laughs> after the weekend. Um, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, feet, feet, of course. Uh, and if you don't, feet. if you don't, you're a fucking copper. Look, um, so Dermot, <laughs> just your expectations from uh, Thursday coming up. I think it's really hard to know what it's going to be like. Uh, I I mean, I've always had my doubts about the Celtic defence and the ability to cope under kind of pressure and stay calm. Uh, I expect Zenit to be a whole lot better. Uh, it'd be amazing if we could go over there and, you know, get, keep a clean sheet over there. I'm just... It's our Achilles heel, isn't it? I think when other teams come at us, if they score, then there's always a chance that we're going to go to bits. Yeah. Um, if we if we keep yeah. it, we will be jobbing ourselves at I some know. point. I mean, if if we keep it tight and uh, who knows, get a sneak a goal if they leave space, then it could be a real exciting uh, night. But I think it's just going to be one of those really nail biting from start to finish. I've got a point here, and um, I, I want to get your kind of thoughts on it. Uh, this is from David at, uh, and it's a it's a Twitter handle. I'm not even going to try and attempt. Um, has Brendan Rodgers finally figured out how to play in Europe? Should Kowasi and Brown have played together more before now? Dermot, I'll go with you. Uh, I just think it was a really good performance. Um, it, could all, it, could all, it could all come apart. <coughs> I think it was it. brave uh, leaving Sinclair out. Uh, and it was a good decision. And not to bring him on, to bring on Charlie. Yeah. I think Charlie gave what we were... It was what we were needing, that wee bit of creativity. And I think the second they came on, he just... He had a wee flash where he took the ball and he danced past a few folk and I thought that that was going to put um, Zenit on the back foot a bit. And then the the pass that he, he made to uh, McGregor, I don't... Sinclair wouldn't have done it. No. Uh, Louis McCaffrey, your expectation going into Thursday, second leg? Um, <coughs> I 
don't know. I don't know quite what to make it. We we can cl- we've clearly shown that we can we can produce against them. Um, I think it's all about how much confidence we take from it. The number of times we have looked good in the first leg and then the second leg crumbled. Um, Astana. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, this has yeah, to Trevor. this has to be the time where hopefully they show a bit of maturity. Um, we're always told that it's all about learning. It's all about learning. Um, this is the third time we're going to be taking a lead to a two-legged, two-legged affair. Um, granted, uh, against Bersheva, Astana was we got there. Jeez, against yeah. Astana, we got there. The difference with this one is the stakes, in my opinion, are higher because it's the last sixteen of a European competition. Uh, but it's a higher level of opposition. So I hope they've learned from playing against, in essence, lesser opposition and almost throwing away, throwing it away. That how what not to do. I tell you what we should do. Go fucking gung ho! We've got to go for it. <laughs> That's got to it. go for it. Sounds get that away goal. I just, <laughs> we need to get a goal fly on. I, I think. I, I think realistically, though, we should be thinking we can go and score over there. Uh, I agree with you. Um, can we score over there, Alex? What's their defence? What, what? How do they play at home? Um. Well, if again the I mentioned this in the last in last week's pod, um, probably the best comparison to make would be from their game against their, their two games against Real Sociedad. Yeah. So they went to uh, San Sebastian and they took twenty five percent possession over there. I think twenty five percent. Right. So I, I think it's something similar to what they had at Celtic yeah. Park. They really. You could say that they didn't want to have the ball, but... Sounds like Celtic players in Europe, I'm right. um, But when you actually saw how they actually tried to play when they had it, I don't think they could have kept the ball if they wanted to. I think that 25% possession was probably them trying as much as they could to actually to keep it, because they were dreadful. Dreadful in that sense. And what was the score? What, the Celtic game? No, the San Sebastian game. Uh, or they won both games 3-1. So they won both games 3-1. Again. And at home, it wasn't two different things. It was 31% possession there uh, in St. Petersburg. So, yeah. Well, having said that, the goalie gave them two goals. Um, well, yeah, with the least. So Ivanovic over head kick. That was in, that was in the oh, away game. That was in the so, game. We, we've, we've managed to negotiate that one. Aye. We've managed to negotiate any... I don't think Ivanovic is playing either. I think no. that I've, I've heard that he's, that he's, he's out. Well, having said that, I uh, I said many things about the team selection last week, and none of them came. So, from a Zerit point of view, what are they going to do? Are they going to attack us, or are they going to just do pretty much this? What you just said there about you know giving us possession and let us fuck up on ourselves. Ourselves. I think it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one. Um, do you think Mancini will be caught in two minds, and that could work in our favour? I think he might want to try and. I think point. I think they'll maybe because it seemed that they wanted to put some pressure on the on the build up, so not super high up the pitch, um, but they did want to try to press the back three in some way, and you saw that when when the ball went out to Ayer, Rigoni would jump in. That's kind of how they ended up in that four three three shape, which then just collapsed as soon as Celtic managed to play through. I will expect them to be more compact. Out of possession, I will expect them to work harder. Yeah, I'd to be more intense and in how well, how they cover distances and how they track back and how they get out mm. to the ball. Um, and I would expect them to. Uh, I would expect them to be more organised and have a better idea in possession. 
because I think in possession there was a couple of things they did which were quite cool. I thought that um, when the right back Smolnikov had the ball and he would try to play a few times actually try to play diagonally into the striker and they would try to like lay off and try to get some joy from that and they would actually to be fair they were weren't very far away Smolnikov again yeah. like Rigoni would try to make runs in behind after those actions and Smolnikov himself he likes to get in behind a lot as well and they were a couple of inches away on a, f- on a couple of occasions from actually getting in behind that way and once they get into those situations again they can just do the same as Celtic did and cross and then get the rebounds and get the second ball and go again go again go again um, so I'd expect I'd expect me a wee bit more of that I think that I don't think Zabalotny will play up front again no. I, I don't think that that particularly worked out. I think impressing he wasn't particularly useful. Um, Have they got another Brazilian they can wheel out? Or <laughs> Argentinian they can wheel out? Well, uh, Kranivitter didn't play a whole lot. He came on. I thought um, he did well when he came on, actually. Driussi came on as well. I thought he did well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went Kokorin up front and Driussi wide left. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I actually thought their subs came on, and maybe it's just because how badly the team plays as a whole but the subs came on and they gave a little bit of freshness yep. and maybe maybe he could um, Mancini kind of gave them different kind of yeah. directions compared yeah. to the other guys but they looked a bit better I think when the trouble is though is the way that Mancini plays the way that Mancini plays Leandro Paredes doesn't fit well into that system at all yeah. as beautiful a player as he is and I'm a huge huge fan of Leandro Paredes in a team that is so spread out in possession the way Zenit are so when Zenit had the ball they'd have both their wingers would be right up and right on the touchline so they're not going to give you anything the striker again he's right up as well the other two centre mids are miles apart from each other there's really not not a whole lot that Paredes can do and you think about when he was playing at Empoli and his sort of game breaking season there um, where he would just pick up the ball at the bottom of a midfield diamond and he would just smash it through somewhere and they'd be able to com- combine and whatnot. Because what I found, there seemed to be an op- quite a number of opportunities when Celtic, uh, when Zenit pr- pressed on Celtic and they, yep. they kind of got to that final third, uh-huh. that when Celtic won the ball back and pushed forward, there was so much space. Huge room. Huge amounts of room, uh-huh. um, which I didn't, you know, and that's what, what it, do you think we played better because we had more space there? Or well, I think it makes it easier, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's an, an obvious I, sort of thing. But, but I mean, I, I think that's where Zenit kind of, I was surprised. I mean, I, I just thought they'd offer much more. And you spoke about the intensity. They, they really didn't seem to have that kind of intensity. Yeah. Uh, I think when we scored, we saw it briefly where they sort of stepped up, but they, they didn't maintain it for very long at all. With the defensive line as well. I mean, like in those moments when you're mentioning, when Zenit were in the Celtic half and then Celtic managed to bring it back, Zenit's defence were so keen, so eager to drop back, especially, well, basically everyone. Mamana was quite good in it there was a couple of times when they Celtic tried to play the ball up to Dembele and Mamana was kind of on the front foot trying to anticipate where Dembele was going to lay it off to and a couple of times they managed to nick in and steal it um, but other than that I mean Mevlia was so keen to drop Smolnikov had a really poor game defensively Yeah. Um, Crescito wasn't a whole lot better I mean he's fine but he wasn't a whole lot better um, don't want a player to be described as he was fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think I described Blair Spitlows that recently. As well. Oh, yeah, you last did week. last yeah, week. Yeah, uh-huh. well. I, felt, I felt kind of bad about that. But. My worry is for us that it ends up being a bit like Anderlecht, the two games against Anderlecht. I thought the, fir- you know, the first game... That's a horrifying, that's a horrifying thought that yeah, I just... We, we, got a, we got a positive result impressed after a poor start. 
and then second game at home when the expectation was on us after the first game and you think, no, we're gonna we're gonna prove a point here and I like turn up and look a totally different team. And that's my worry is that we go there and then it look like a Do you think there's expectations team. on expectations on us for Thursday? Or do you think the pressure's surely, off? Surely we have to be the favourites to go through right now. Um Keeping a clean sheet at home, we've got the away goal advantage. Yeah, I mean, that's a big advantage. Oh no, no, there's absolutely no question. And as you know, we've mentioned, Zenit will have to. I, I would be very surprised if Zenit don't come out and try. You'd imagine that in the first ten, fifteen minutes, Celtic are really going to have to ride a storm. They're going to have to be compact, defensively good. Am I wrong here, Alex? Or yeah, I mean that's no. I'd, I'd, I'd pretty much agree. Yeah, yeah and it's an old, old school sort of backs to the wall, keep it tight, keep it compact. We're uh, never good when we try and contain but, that. But but backs to the wall does not suit But us. that's literally, I assume, what we're going to have to do. Having said that, like what we're talking about there, I think there's going to be space for us. Celtic's biggest, and this is, we've got hundreds of questions that are very, very similar, and it's all about the weekend. It's all about St. Johnson. And it's about when Celtic broke in the St. Johnson game, when uh, I think uh, Sinclair nicked the ball off Chris Miller in midfield. And drove through, and it was him and French Eddie, and it was those two versus one defender. And I think the boy Moz tweeted that basically, I knew he was going to miss. I knew we weren't going to score from that position because it's not just a Sinclair thing, and it's not just a French Eddie thing. It's a Celtic thing in general this season that we sometimes don't take our chances. Yeah, uh, if we don't take our chances, we're only going to have ourselves to blame because I don't think we're going to get that many chances over there. Yeah. Uh, and it's sometimes it can be our downfall. Uh, I think over there that if we're confident in possession, it will do us a whole world of good. See, when we play against good teams and we give them the ball back and we invite them back onto yeah. us, it's, it, we're just destroyed from that point on. Got to hold on to the ball, be a bit confident, don't have to dent strip it, but actually try and retain possession for a bit. But it's the simple things with Dermot, isn't it? I mean, like when we, we, we've watched all most of the European yeah. games and, you know... Uh, I don't mind getting, and I've made this point on numerous occasions, I don't mind getting beat by teams that are better than us if they are perform better than us on the day. See when yeah. we give them the ball. See when we see when PSG beat us 7-0, or 7-1, yeah. sorry. A lot of that was literally us just giving them the fucking ball. That's it. The slack passes that kill us, and it will kill you against a decent standard of the team, you know. Uh, and Zenit have got far more to show <coughs> yeah. than they did in the first leg, um, is what I'd say. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Louis. How would you line up? How would I line up? Against Zenit. Dermot, if you want to maybe go first, I mean, we don't necessarily have a lot of options from a back point of view, backline point of view, so you're probably going to go with. Uh, De Vries and goal, and you're always going to have Tierney. Was there a question yeah. in there, or was Tire. there? Fucking <laughs> let fuck me a, let me answer that. <laughs> my, my man Ayer in there as well. Ayer, yeah. you, you you'd obviously start I, with, I, with Bain. I, I would um, <laughs> I would possibly go with the same team that from the first leg. I don't know if I'd necessarily change anything. I'd just maybe change the. How they play? How they play slightly? I mean, having I think having five at the back, you know, three at the back, but with two wing backs. If they are tucking in a bit, obviously, um, Forrest has done well defensively when he's been in that position in the past. Him and 
Tierney maybe keeping a bit not you know keeping a bit tighter, holding back a bit, and picking their moments rather than you know constantly looking for opportunities. Um, I think a midfield of uh, Brown and Cham and Kuasi is quite a strong midfield three to have at least. McGregor, I think it's hard to drop him after such a good performance. I would and ha- the fact he brings I would so ha- much. I wouldn't have McGregor in the squad. Oh, <laughs> Especially with the, the amount of energy he brings, which when we when we yeah. break, I know to listen. When we when we break, it's going to be so important that we can, uh, you know, if we are under the cosh a bit, that we can break up the pitch. And McGregor's great for that. Ah, yes, yes. Um, Dembele obviously would have to start up front. So I don't, I don't really see where I would change it. To be honest with you, uh, Dermot. The only thing I can't believe we've not got a right back. That we could count on defensively to come into this team. I was about to say Tavernier, but then he said defensively. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think Forrest is, yeah, he has made good performances in that position, but I just think going to this type of game, I'd I'd rather have something I could depend on. The thing is, he's he's doing so much better at carrying the ball these days. Forrest? Yeah, yeah. And keeping possession. Like, I agree. I, I really, I really think that. I just don't see how we could we could drop him. I think Masonda. I don't think he can start. I think he's better coming on right now with a bit of impact. He he's going to need if, if we need time. Yeah. If we need something, you know. Uh, one of the questions we get, we've been asked quite a number of times, um, specifically in this uh, raft of questions, is about and let me just get the question. Uh, it's about Gamboa, and it's about should Gamboa play more. I, I, I know you guys thoughts yeah. on Gamboa do you have a, I know you might not have seen him as much have, have you I, got any thoughts on Gamboa um, well I didn't see the St Johnson game and I honestly couldn't tell you when the last time he played before that was I think it was Dundee um, which would have been in September or October right, time oh, I've, I've almost no opinion on Gamboa I probably couldn't even tell you what he what he looked like uh, he's he's a good looking boy. Yeah. Um, he's terrific <laughs> on Instagram. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. His Instagram game One is Afro. strong. Um, well, Gamboa after the weekend, uh, he came in. I don't think he looked particularly great. Um, again, that's bringing someone out of the cold and just. Yeah. Like, nah, I get he's a, it's a nice boy in that, but nah. Get, is it? No, get no. Tony the tank in. Come on. I would. I saw. To- oh, did I tell you this? I saw <laughs> Ralston and uh, Sarah and Silverburn with his bird. Man, what a guy. Looks <laughs> <laughs> terrific. Looks terrific. Wee bit taller than me. Can tell he's stalking that. Aye. Um, I, want, I really wanted to go up and say hi to him. And news from uh, the North. France. France, uh, you know, has been on the podcast. Oh, yeah, France. Times. Yeah, yeah. France was at the cinema last night. Guess who he bumped in? Tom Rogic. And Tom Rogic and Neil Beaton. Did they have a chat with him or? Uh, I don't know. He just got his picture taken with him, and I, I said, "Did you like? Did you smell him? Did you smell Tom?" And uh, <laughs> he said, he, "Well, I thought that was an okay question." That's, that's not an okay. That's question. what I do. That, but that's not that's not appropriate I'd for anyone. Those feet. And sorry. Anyway, he said the Beaton was the one that actually smelled really, really good. You guy, you guys, you stick to your WhatsApp chats. Don't see them out in public. Man. It's weird. Tom, if I see you, I'm coming for those feet. <laughs> that's the most stalkerish. <laughs> thing I've ever heard um, geez oh anyway uh, Ralston see the thing about Ralston is he might not be good enough we don't know 
Which I, is I don't, I don't think we've seen fit, enough of him. Fit yet. He's been in the squad the last couple of games. Right. I don't think you're putting him in this game. I think well, Ralston will get time this for the uh, yeah. coming as the season's going on. And Certainly. you know what? He might be terrific. I, 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 I mentioned this in the past. There's this idea that because we've created Tierney, we've created Tierney, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because we created Tierney in a lab, in a lab, But no, because because Tierney, Tierney's came in and done so fantastically well that oh, stick another boy in. It, it might not. And by the way, I'm not in any way writing Ralston off. What I'm saying is. I just like our expectations of what he's going to do when he comes in to maybe drop a little bit and remember not everyone's going to have the impact that Tierney had and do you know what he does have the belt he does have the physique for it he does look competent on the ball he might be a little bit slow but we'll see at this point uh, with Dermot you, so you're kind of of the same sort of opinion Aye, as Louis I, 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 I don't think Gambo's really shown much I don't think he's been given much opportunity to show much to is be it, honest is there a reason he's not been given I, I opportunity I think you've though? got to say there, there must be a reason eh? um, yeah th- the fact that Ralston's probably is pushing ahead in the pecking order um, I hope Ralston's given time yeah. to actually come through and he's not thrown into the deep end but if if Zena are coming at us with a winger attacking, that's when I'm kind of. As Forrest isn't used to playing against that that type of player, you know. That's the thing yeah. I would say. I would say when thinking about how Celtic might approach this game tactically, if so, the way that they defended in this game, they didn't see a whole lot of it. But the way they did defend in this game, also, so they go from the three diamond three, and from that they fell into sort of a five three two, as it were. So the type of five three two that we see we see all the time now. I think uh, even Kelly have started playing it now as well. Um, so five across the back, defence midfielder, two midfielders in front, and then two pressing at the top. Um, and I think that one of the benefits of doing that is it gives you a really good control of the centre of the pitch. And I think the, yeah. the way that most there's kind of a way that most teams play that type of formation, um, and the way that Celtic do it. As well, gives them really good control of the centre of the pitch. So leaves Brown spare at the bottom to just do what Brown does and just mop up and just smash things and blood and guts. Right. Um, I think that the way that Zenit plays well will kind of play into that. I think the Zenit aren't particularly good at keeping the ball in the centre of the pitch. I think they will end up playing around the sides a lot, kind of like what Celtic do when they're not at their best. Celtic just play the ball around the around the outsides and that. Um, it's a cool well, one. The metaphors that the imagery of things that I used to describe it as like a washing machine it all just goes round and round and round everyone's on the outside like the clothes in the washing machine when it's spinning um, and the ball just goes round and round and round and doesn't really go through the middle at all and that's what Zenit looked like a lot of the time when they had the ball um, but, uh, but the fact that Paredes is in there why would you oh, not utilise just Mancini just don't even start me is he that just bereft of <sighs> yeah seemingly so but he played in that role now he wasn't a, he wasn't a midfielder and he wasn't necessarily a striker he played in that the kind of hole when yeah. he was a, when when he was playing you, you know you think he would understand what's needed in that sort of area the thing is with Zenit it's difficult to tell because under Luchescu they were again they were so heavily focused on the wings so heavily focused on the wings I remember um, I took my mum to a Zenit game at the start of that's lovely at the start of um, <laughs> 
last season, so Luchescu's first game against Locomotive Moscow. I think even she was saying, "Oh, why do they always play the ball on this side?" So we, we, we were we were sitting like next to on the touchline. Why do they always kick the ball over here? It's like why not kick the ball in the gates? And then that's when you said, "Because I've got them specially play this way for you, man." Yeah, to uh, come and uh, bring the ball. So I, I started talking about wind, di- wing dynamics, and uh, and she went home uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> crying, not, wishing I, you know our son had a bit of part of him. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was really. <laughs> I'll leave again. Character assassination. Louis, aye. Would you be tempted to, at some point, you're 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 going to go with the same team? Uh, let's say we're sitting at it's one nil to Zenit, and the seventy. Fuck up, you alright? He's doing his <laughs> shaky hand, yasling. But let's say it's one nil to Zenit, and it's the seventy fifth minute. Um, no, aye, one nil or two nil to Zenit. But anyway, when Celtic need to score, right? To, to four nil to Zenit. See then it doesn't matter. It's 4-0 it. How do we change the game? Is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is if you had the opportunity to bring on uh, Charlie or Feet, who would you bring on? Well we bring on both we've got three subs do we not? No we've already used two because there's been an injury. Oh piss off. Nah, this is <laughs> the, well I can't make it easy for you. Man mental scenarios man. <laughs> no sitting my driving test here. Well you know. Right you bring on Feet obviously. I mean it's not obvious to be fair it's <laughs> the, o- the opposite of what anyone else do, would do, do. The, only, the only thing I was thinking about there after I'd said that I would just play the same team the only thing that I was possibly thinking was I would change the entire team aye <laughs> um, where's Stuart Armstrong um, if I was going to start feet but I'm not because obviously He's pr- he's no match fit. He's not hundred percent match fit. By the way, Alex Feet is Tom Rogic. I, I, I figured. Yeah. Yeah. Did he play against St Johnson? He did. He did did he play ninety? He did not no. play well. Did he not play well? No. no, but no one did. I wouldn't. It's his first game back in you know such a long time. But he looked. I know. He looked off. I know. Place. There's no point in that. But it's no. hypothetical. Yeah. He's, he's not going to start. But he would be the man to bring. I on. don't think. I, I, ju- I just think he's so good at. Holding the ball up in that number ten yeah. space and On the half able turn to he's, he's bring people into play, but then at the same time, Dembele was so good at linking play that you don't really want to, the two of them getting into the same position. So yeah, I, I think you know. I, but for a man to change a game, I mean, how many games has he came on and changed? I mean, he won as the treble for. But there's absolutely those, those there's no, there's no question. I I think in this specific game, though, I think we're going to have to have high energy. We're going to have to pe- have people who can run with the ball at length. Tam, you're absolutely right. Tam's a great target. He's bright on the half turn, but he's not going to bomb. He's up. a gazelle, just slowly. And I get criticised for my defence. Uh, <laughs> he's like a slow samurai. I thought you were going to say a samurai, and I was like, oh, good, that's not bad. Sam, samurai, samurai was the ultimate gazelle. He just unleashed those long legs, but Tam's just like a slower version of Sam, Sammy. Uh, you going to say something? If I think if Celtic, the one thought has been in my mind this whole time, if Celtic come out and if Brendan Rodgers has balls and they just go out and play very similarly to how they did at home and they just go and they just go at Zenit, I don't think Zenit will have a whole lot to say. Do you think if if we? So you make a good point. You, you kind of said that, like, remember on the WhatsApp, you were saying that basically you were impressed by the fact that. Rogers had the bottle to just play such an expansive yeah. way, because um, I'm kind of ex- expecting Celtic to maybe not play that way. Is it a plastic pitch? No, no, it's a perfect pitch. It's an perfect in- pitch. It's an indoor stadium, and uh, well, it's got a roof, retractable roof. Because I saw it was minus ten there this afternoon. Oh, you, inside you can wear a t-shirt if it's minus ten out. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Nice and toasty. It is like a decent 17 or so degrees inside. Obviously, with the, with, with, with shot the roof on. And, uh-huh. Is it going to be uh, shot? Oh, almost surely, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, oh, fantastic. So, so I Cel- <laughs> wish I was gone. <laughs> so if you, what, what you are saying, Alex, is if Celtic play the way they did against... Um, in the first leg, we could catch them cold because they might be expecting us to play a more defensive role. Because these cunts don't know that Brendan Rodgers is going to play a fucking way. <laughs> 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 Up you go, lad. Just Up go for it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's precarious. It's 1 0. He's a fuck. He's only a game of football, boys. Eh? There's worse things that could happen in the world. Up and there you go. I think that. Um that'll fucking kill me if we come out and start fucking hitting the ball a bit I'm like <laughs> I think if Celtic asks Zenit the same questions of of Zenit's game as they did at Celtic Park Zenit will have to do a lot of work to answer those questions better than they did yeah uh, better than they did in Glasgow I think that the problems that Zenit had defensively I think they, they will be more compact I think that they will they will have to be more intense and in just how have they, to be better how they defend uh-huh. in, in every single sense yeah, and uh, how they play with the ball as well, but I think that as a starting point, it's not a bad starting point. But to go. but then put it this way: do you, can you see them playing much worse? Is in it? Aye. I hope not. No, no. I haven't said that. I think they I've, have to be better. They have to yeah. be better than what they were. You say that, but I mean, like I've seen them play. Was I haven't said that against more against teams that sit back a lot more. But I mean, geez, see, see all the bad at points this season. There's been a lot of stuff in the kind of media. I assume it's the media in Russia that's been reported back here about uh, you know problems in the squad. And Kintelskis came out and said there's a bit of a split between the Argentinian mm. players yep. and the Russian players. <clears throat> Any truth in that? You think? I think that it's, and I can't really say for certain, but um, it's something that kind of goes around a lot in Russian football as a, as a whole. You find racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On like, obviously that can be. I don't think within the clubs. I don't think that's. No, no, yeah. I think there there was actually a strange uh, situation happened at Spartak Moscow during the winter break where is that was it Jekia, uh, the a Georgian defender, uh, was given the Spartak Twitter account or a uh, yeah. Insta- Snapchat or Instagram or something like that, and he posted, some... he posted a photo of. Uh, who was it? Quincy Promise, Fernando, and maybe Luis Adriano or Zay Luis or something like that. So, uh, and he's captioned it, um, melting chocolates in the sun or something like that. Yeah, oh, I it. saw that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's I remember. Oh my god! But yeah. I think in general, um, certainly in Zenit, and I, s- I think in a lot of other teams as well, there is a kind of you get a Russian group and you get a foreign group. Now, obviously, with Zenit, since a lot of the foreigners are Argentine, that Get that becomes you have a Russian group, a foreign group, and then an Argentine group. And so, if you see them on like Instagram and stuff like that, the Argentine guys all hang out together, or their families all hang out together. Um, Which is natural, though. Yeah, because uh-huh. they all speak the same yeah. language. Yeah, all but at, at the same time, there's very little evidence of them. Again, I'm, this is just solely going on their social media. There's very little evidence of them hanging out with the other Bonding Russian guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be to be fair, I mean, you know, how often has it been mentioned over the last year about Rangers getting good Scottish Rangers players in again because the foreign players aren't pulling their weight? Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of same bullshit everywhere. Anyway, yeah. uh, anyway uh, Dermatron, mm-hmm. I want a predict... How, how's it going to go? And I want a prediction for score. Oh, it's so difficult because it could just be so varied, couldn't it? Uh, I'm going to be optimistic and say we're going to... Draw one each. <laughs> We're gonna draw. 
Right, so it's going to be one each. Who's yeah, scoring first and who's the scorer? We're going to score first and they're going to scrape one back and it'll be Dembele you with You hear that, Alex? Scrape one yep. back. Dembele scoring? Yep, in the first half. Uh, Low dog? I think it's got to be a, it's got to be a goal fest. <laughs> I'm going... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me like that. I've not done this in a while. Right. Talk, talk when it comes to a prediction. <laughs> I'm going... Absolute roller coaster. 3-2. <laughs> Dembele to score... Time to get the goal to take us through and away goals. Okay, so we're going through. That's all I wanted from you, to be honest. I didn't ask for a scoreline. Um, Alex, remember how you're around, and if you say something we don't like, we'll bar you. So this is the dilemma that I've been having, and I think the best way, and I think I might have mentioned the WhatsApp group, either either you're in or the the other one. Um, The one I'm not in. The one you're not in. (laughs) Utter prick. Didn't get an invite to that one. (laughs) Um, The way I would like it to go, and I think this is probably the best way to compromise. Let's reach a compromise here. The way I'd like it to go. By the way, if Celtic go out, that's not a compromise for us. <laughs> it's just a 2 1. Zenit, right? Zenit score. Celtic play superb. Cal McGregor stars again. Zenit win 1 0 over 90 minutes. We get 30 more minutes of outstanding Celtic football. <laughs> 30 more minutes of Cal McGregor magic. And uh, Zenit. Um, Sneak a second goal in the 121st minute. <laughs> a snidey fucking yep. goal. Uh, I, I would happily take a, a dive for a penalty or a handball oh, the line. Go. Anything like that. Controversy. I, I, I don't mind how it happens. I don't mind if Zenit play the worst game ever. I would like it if they went through. I'd also like it if Callum McGregor was great again. We're going we're to kind of focus on uh, the kind of big domestic stuff, but see, from a Scottish football point of view, from the national team, you build a team around Callum McGregor, McGregor don't you? Well, McLeish isn't going, is he? No, but you do, don't you? Oh, of course. Well, we'd all agree on that from a Scottish national. I know you don't aren't particularly a big fan, but especially now, there's no point ever talking about it again until he's away. Aye, but yeah. you would. I mean, you want the Celtic, but you want Tierney to have a good international career. You want these guys, and I, I despise Alex McLeish in terms of everything about him. I think he's everything that's wrong with Scottish football. However, I want Scotland to do well, and I want the Celtic players to get their opportunity. Anyway, that's another talk for another day. Uh, so, from the Zenit game, uh, I want to quickly talk about the St Johnston game. Um, it finished 0-0. There's been a lot of people criticising the performance, um, and then other people randomly stating that we done a treble last season so that we can't criticise performances. Um, Don't really get that. Yeah. Well, you know, we, you take every game in isolation and you look yeah. how we performed and you are critical of it. Positive, you know, you, that you can give positive points as well, but you can all, you know, we need to be critical. We can't... Brendan Rodgers isn't a deity that deserves fucking, you know, not to be criticised in any way. Um, the f- he's no Martin O'Neill. For example. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, the point is, uh, yeah, so taking the every game on isolation, what did you think of the St. Johnson game, Dermot? It wasn't great, but I don't think it was ever going to be great with the amount of changes that were made. There were eight changes made. Yeah, but again, I think he's, he, he had his eyes on Thursday and he's wanting to rest folk, and I think that's totally fair enough. Uh, I think it's a bit arrogant to think that we're going to steamroller every team or we've got a God-given right to win. I think the team we put out could have won. Uh, Do you think it should have won? I think they were they were quite well drilled and a bit snidey with their fouls and it kind of 
Yeah, this, they, they the did what they had to do, really, didn't they? Um, I was glad Tierney got a rest. He came yeah. on as well. I know. Um, and Dembele came on. Um, I think that maybe shows... Calvin Miller played. Um, and, you know, I've Calvin Miller's played maybe four times for the for the, the first team. He's playing at left-back when he comes on. And Calvin Miller isn't a left-back. It reminds me of Ross Wallace when he first broke into the Celtic team and Celtic played him as a full-back. I think he was right-back, wasn't he? All right. um, and Ross Wallace is a winger and has always been... A, when he left Celtic, he became a winger. And he, 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 you know, he, he's good career. Good, t- terrific career. Very, very good. At a really decent level. Um, very handy player. Still doing the business the now. Um, but he was never a... never a, he, he was a guy who you look at and you think, great technique, um, athletic enough that he can get him down the pitch. You're not going to break into the team as a winger. We're going to revert you back to a fullback, and it's kind of obvious. And I didn't. I, I, he didn't have a very good game at all. Um, Gamboa on the other side didn't look particularly comfortable. He didn't. His passing wasn't great. Um, again, it's a situation where you go. The guy's not. He's played what three, four times this season. Yeah. It's very hard to put him in and expect anything from that. Having said that. A lot of the players who played are, you know, Scott Sinclair, Callum McGregor, Kowasi, that would have been Kowasi's third game. Um, you know, you've got French Eddie up front who if he's gonna if he's gonna want to be signed, needs to do yeah. more. But then you turn around and you say he's only nineteen or twenty, uh you can't have the weight of expectation on a boy but it being brought in every now and then. I I don't think it's unusual to have these hangovers after the big European games though. I mean, Do you think it's acceptable? Certainly. I mean, obviously you want the team to win all the time and put the best performance in, but that just isn't reality. I think over the past sort of fifteen years, we've seen there's you do get kind of hangovers after big European kind of games, uh, and I'm not really sure what the reason for it is. Sometimes I think the changes uh, probably played a big part in the weekends, uh, but again, our players maybe got an eye on Thursday. I don't want to be disrespectful to sort of the SPL, but I mean, Thursday now is sort of going to be the biggest Cup game final. of the, the year, you know. Um, we're ahead in the league. It, it wasn't the, the worst result it could have been, you know. I think it's different when you're playing sort of teams. Hibs, Hearts. Hibs, Hearts, Rangers. Rangers. Louis, what your, what's your take on it? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really mind. I don't, I, obviously, I want to win every game, but. We're kind of over the, you know, we must win every game because we're trying to do that, maintain that run that we were on. Um, now, you know, we draw a game like that, like, that's okay as far as I'm concerned. Everybody's we're, only, we're only nine points clear. It's not like we are... Well, there's uh, 11 games left. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of points up for grabs for everyone. Yeah, but we're, we're not going to lose the league. Come on, lead. no, hold, hold, hold on. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to lose league. Fuck SPL, <laughs> focus on Zenit. Come on, don't kid yourself on. Thought, it's thought. not as if we get beat. I just don't think it's acceptable. I thought the. I thought, oh come on, behave no, 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 yourself. No, 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 I, 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 St Johnston, um, where and this comes back to the point. Fucking where, throw the, the game. Well, well this is the, comes <laughs> back to, to the points we were, we were making earlier. Um, the league at the end of the day is your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. But we're going to win the league. If we yeah. if we if we drop points, you know to what's better than bread and butter? 
cake. What happens champagne. If, what happens if champagne <laughs> and cake? What happens, if, what happens if we come back from after? Let's say it does go to extra time, and we come back from Zenit St Petersburg, and we lose to Aberdeen at Potodri, and it's only six points, and then we've got Rangers who are going to be right up for it, and all of a sudden, yeah, actually, I do have a title race on. This idea that we've won the league is so fucking arrogant from you pricks. That <laughs> <laughs> look at you fucking laughing at. Me. I just think the chances of throwing a nine point lead away are. Slim to none. I'm not saying, Plus, listen, I'm actually losing against Aberdeen. I don't want Celtic to lose ever, but I'd like to go into a Rangers game actually with some desire and really being a. Well, we've not turned up. For that. We've not turned up we've for not, the last fucking two. So we've not really had that same. Don't shine it. Camden. I'm right. not shining I'm. I'm. This I'm, is an Aberdeen team that get beat after Rangers hold, what, twice in a row. Hold on yeah. a minute. I'm up. I'm, I'm the one. Who, you I'm, man, you're quivering about this. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, no. The, I'm the one who's upset that our standards are fucking mm. dropping. Oh, That's standards. what I'm. You don't give a shit. So. No! What? <laughs> We do care, but it's just that you've got priorities. You can only do. Oh, damn it, we don't. Time. We don't <laughs> care about St Johnson at home. We I'm care about Zenit. Uh, see when you get a. T- uh, a what would what? you rather win? See when you get a what? What if we go see, to see Russia? See when you get a seventeen degree shed. See, see and we you, dominate life. See, see, when, see when you get a WhatsApp. I've turned both your mics off. <laughs> no, just see when we get you get a WhatsApp and I say, oh shit, sorry, I, I know. Blocked you? No, no. See when I, I send a message and I was like, oh shit, the the podcast hasn't recorded correctly. It's because of this. <laughs> Vile. Alex, bring some sense. <clears throat> I think that. Um, <laughs> I didn't actually turn it down in any way. I just, I think that um, certainly one of the things that made Celtic so good last season was that standard. And thank it, you. It could have been so so easy to go. And to be fair, let's be honest, the last few games of the season, just I didn't see them. But just looking at results, you're drawing against Partick Thistle. You shouldn't be drawing against Partick Thistle. Yeah. Um, I think that the way that Brendan Rodgers is able to maintain those standards. Um, it was really, really important and really significant for that role, for that run. What I will say is, and when you mentioned um, folks saying that Celtic, they, they're giving Celtic, they're giving Brendan Rodgers an easy ride because they won the treble last year. I assume that's in a sense that oh, he won the treble last year, so we'll give him a free pass on a couple of results. No, is that what I, you mean? Or no, people are basically saying you can't. In essence, what they're saying is because Brendan Rodgers is so good, which he is, that he doesn't deserve, the team don't deserve any right. criticism. so it, with that, I, I can't agree with that at all. No, you can't. I, 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 I can't don't agree think with that anyone can. What I can, what I can maybe sympathise with is, let's be honest, um, no one expected Celtic to go and the whole season unbeaten domestically last season. Yeah. No one expected that. You, you look at that squad and it's a great squad and you you expect them to win the league handsomely, you wouldn't expect them to go the yeah. whole season. I, I, yeah. there, is, there is a wee bit of regression to the mean. There's a wee bit of, oh, we got some luck yep. last year and some results. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some games, I think, um, some late equalisers or something like that, I'm sure. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure they were. Um, or late last minute wins or stuff like that you got some luck last year you might not get some this year yeah nah. obviously we're, we're, we are having a bit of fun um, the, the fact is that uh, last season was such a, a ridiculous uh, an standard was it an outlier yeah. yeah I don't know what that word means but it sounds fancy <laughs> um, I've seen the TV show Outlander does that get me anything I haven't so I can tell you no it doesn't it's okay. awful is it or is it just out with the curve the normal expected data so well, yeah. it's something it's an exception to the rule almost yeah. it's something you didn't expect yeah so the fact is the the team against St. Johnson we had two centre halves who were in their 
if you look at the age of the the, the kind of the team overall, Calvin Miller's only twenty. Uh, Henry's only 22, Ayer's only just turned 20. Still 19. Uh, still 19. I know he's your boyfriend and all that. But no, so if Eddie's only 19 or, or 19 or 20, uh, Kowasi's only 21. So that's what people need uh, People need to realise that I because I, I was only joking there. The fact is, we still should have won the match. No, you won't. But I, I, like, I, I like the fact that Brendan Rodgers is, put, is putting out... Shut it. That microphone's still turned in, is it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you can't hear what you're saying. Uh, no, I like the fact he's um, putting out... Well, here's a question um, from... Oh, just one sec. Uh, Kieran Caw, uh, member of... Uh, former guest on the show. Interested to hear your thoughts on how we are managing a squad at times. A few enforced changes at the weekend, but eight would hamper any football team. Only Hibs, Hearts and Kelly have drawn more games than us this season. Is that a slight concern? Um, and this comes back to um, the point about not taking our opportunities and chances. Uh, one sec from the boy Moz. So the boy Moz says, as Sinclair and Edward broke onto the keeper in the second half, I can't have been the only one thinking this doesn't end up in the net. This season's lack of killer instinct strikes again. Loss of creativity has been a problem undoubtedly, but our wastefulness has been a bigger problem. Even in the games we haven't performed as well, there's usually been uh, real clear-cut chances we have just thrown away. And that's true, because if you actually look at the St. Johnston game, um, we should have won it. Um, there was at least two opportunities that um, Eddie should have been more clinical with. There was one or two opportunities that Sinclair just hit the wrong ball, and it's not down to Brendan Rodgers, it's down to the players. Still like big big Eddie Rockets, man, I like him. Uh, no, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie is only going to improve by playing. But then, yeah, and he's he's not been able to build up a run of, a There's run no of momentum. form. There's Dembele's no not been as prolific as what he has been, and he's been hampered with injuries. And Griffiths, when he's fit, he scores, but he's injured as well, so... We've been a bit unlucky with it. Aye, we've been unlu- unlucky with that, and we've been luck- unlucky with injuries I in think, general. I think Sinclair's still a top goal scorer, isn't he? Uh, yes. Forrest is two behind him. I'd lost count of how many sitters Sinclair's missed over the year. That's uh, that's mm. the question, and we get the answer to this every week. Uh, who's repl- who's this guy that Sinclair's replaced? Because he's in no way a patch on the yeah. player from last season. Uh how do you fix it? I don't, don't know. know because is, is it confidence? It's called Charlie Massander. That's, that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, is that the vaccine? Aye. Just drop him it. But if he's a confidence player, then it's... Well, tough day. Start playing well. I'd, 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 <laughs> <laughs> tough love. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, you've got... You've, I mean, he's been dropped for a game on... He was dropped for a game on Thursday. You, I totally actually forgot he was an option until... Yeah. Uh, we switched to the bench and I seen him sitting in the back row I was like oh Christ Scott Sinclair mm. thing was though when Scott Sinclair came in he was he came in and immediately looked like he was a, a level, level above. above but everybody else has improved to a point now where he almost looks Average. a level below in terms of how he's, how he's playing just now he's, he's surely he must still have it but I don't know. Just yeah, I mean, Scott Sinclair is a guy. Messing with him, you know, he's got all the attributes to be a great player, and you know, he has been out in the past. He's he's been he was phenomenal for Swansea. He gets his move to Man City. He doesn't work out at Man City. Goes to Villa, and he just doesn't really turn up 
for Villa at all. Now that Villa team were horrible, so you could maybe yeah. give him a, a, a let there. Um, he was phenomenal last season. Um, what, 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 what's, your, what's your kind of thoughts on him, Alex? I think that with with Scott Sinclair this season, I find it more difficult to to enjoy his game. I think that this season that he spends a lot of his time on the perimeter. If that makes sense, on the outside of the on the outside of the fullback, um, he's almost hiding. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. and I mean that in, his, in a sense that maybe if the ball's in the centre of the pitch, he'll stay wide. He'll stay wide, even though Kieran Tierney's wide already. They don't really need to have him wide. Yeah. Yep. In fact, he can actually afford to either and the things that he used to do so well last season, make those diagonal runs in in behind, uh, in behind the fullback or in front of the fullback and in behind the centre half, or even come in field and get the pass and. Uh, in between the lines and turn um, I think that even in some of the European games when he was still playing like that he was still starting on the left and then on the wing and then as Kieran Tony pushed up he'd move into the centre of the pitch and he was doing that and he was getting the ball in uh, in front of the defence in the centre turning and going forwards and that's when we saw the best, uh, the best. I mean, like I said at the start of the season he was he was fine wasn't he he was better than fine he was good yeah. Um I, I, and yet now, yeah, when he's driving at people, I, and yet really now he's now, you, now you've so you rarely see him do that. In fact, he seems to stay on the outside so often, and you'll get the ball, and he gets the ball, and because Tierney's already there, there's already two of their guys. Yeah, on, yeah. And if you find it difficult yeah. to then one v two, it's kind of difficult to, to dribble at someone, even for someone like him. Tierney seems a. Uh, to cut quite a frustrated figure when when Sinclair plays because of that situation yeah. because Sinclair want, um, a lot of the time Tierney will get to a point where he wants to do a 1-2 or he wants to do a give and go and Sinclair just kind of stands takes the ball and turns and you can see Tierney being like well I've made this yeah. run he's, Tierney looks like he's got a lot more freedom when Sinclair doesn't play I mean like well, the prime example would be Thursday now obviously I know different system and whatnot, but you saw yep. just what the best uh, of Kieran Tierney I was what he can do if someone else is there to hold it inside to go inside to sort of pin the fullback pin the fullback in the in the centre stop the fullback from going out readily um, and then giving Kieran Tierney the freedom and then just whip it his way around the around the left side yep. and just completely dominate that left hand side um, and I think that when Sinclair, Sinclair this season hasn't been helping that they seem to be on top of each other a lot uh-huh. and you just think you're almost bumping into yeah, each other their rela- the, the relationship was was brilliant last season yeah. you know they seem to really complement each other and they knew their games inside out I haven't said that I mean some, one thing that um, they saw a wee bit at the start of the season I haven't seen so much now is what I was calling I was calling uh, the Kieran Taliba so where uh, Sinclair would stay wide and Kieran Tierney would just make runs diagonally almost into the middle of the pitch and he would just run straight through so almost yeah. so almost like from left back into the other team's penalty box but going through the middle of the penalty box so like oh, the way that David Alba does yeah. For, yeah. Uh, for Bayern Munich and again I've not seen a whole lot of that either and I think that that stuff like that I mean just that simple I mean that's youth team stuff I mean that's again that's boys club stuff so if, okay, if the fullbacks on the outside winger stays in inside or yeah. wingers on the outside fullback goes in the inside it's as simple as the relationship stuff but I don't think that um, Sinclair has been has been helping that whole lot they, they don't seem happy together at times you're right yeah um, Martin Field tweets at Odgeda1983 John Beaton is by far the worst referee in Scotland at present discuss aye aye yeah. Aye, good, excellent Disgust. point, Martin. He's a he's a handsome chap. Um, we've got Aberdeen away 
on Sunday at one o'clock. Um, I Celtic to me are at their best when they're playing, as you mentioned about kind of high high pressure games, uh, specifically in the SPFL. Oh, oh, I'm not high pressure games in Europe. We've been folding like a fucking cheap chair, <laughs> no. um, but you know probably our best performance this season was uh, Petodje before when we we won three yeah. 0 but we absolutely annihilated Aberdeen. Some absolutely scintillating football. Uh, what's your expectations going into this? Uh, in fact, Louis, I'm going to ask you: Would you play feet? Because he always shines against uh, Aberdeen. Uh, yeah, of course. Why not? Um, What's your expectations going up to Petodri after potentially a, a grueling game in Russia? It's always it's always going to be probably our hardest domestic game of the season going up to Petodri. Or it, it should be on paper. Yeah. Um, obviously, other than... Rangers have improved a lot. I think recently, so I think the game against them coming up will be tough. Will be a tough and it will be a challenge, but you know, a good challenge. But going up to Petodri should be difficult, um, especially when we're coming off the back of that game. I wouldn't be surprised if he made some changes, but kept the kind of core of the team. But I don't know. It's it's, it's hard to predict how it's going to go when you know you've got such an important game in between. And know? that that's kind we, of we don't know what's what's going to happen, but. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I still question Aberdeen and their mentality after you know the games against Rangers, for example. A game of the weekend at, at the yeah. start of their their run at Rangers run of form. You know Aberdeen. McInnes had a point to prove, knocking back their job and all that, and he never done it. No, you know. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Tell me yourself what your kind of th- thoughts. Well, on I think Hibs taught them a lesson at the weekend. So Aberdeen aren't. I mean, they're a good team, but I think we can we can do likewise. I think after the Zenit game, we're either out and concentrating in the league, or we're on a high and full of confidence. And I think either way, we could potentially take Aberdeen apart. And we've got um, we've gave them one of our little planktons and uh, Ryan Christie, and he can't um, play. And he can't play. And he's so been their best player just about. And he's been he? our best player just about. So. Um, they also started with uh, Shinny didn't play against Hibs, which is only the second time this season he hasn't played, and they looked absolutely useless. Um, what's your kind of take on Celtic going to Aberdeen? Do you think that three points easy? The, the, I, I, I don't like the way that Aberdeen set themselves up. I Talk me through it. I don't like the way that, especially against a team like Celtic, who are so adept at pulling apart teams at man mark, and yet Aberdeen has seemed to be one of the only teams in, well, in the league so far that are just persistently going with, I'll oh, just mark them all over the pitch and just see how that goes. You see the comments that uh, McInnes made after the Hibs game? I can't remember top, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but um, a quick summary would be something along the lines. I wouldn't be going too far off topic if I said something like... Um, just make up. Oh, we, we need to we need to be better, and we've m- missed too many tackles today, or or we weren't we weren't strong enough in the tackle today, and all this type of stuff. All this like sort of one v one talk almost, and against a team like Celtic, you can't do that. Yeah. you really really can't do that. He said he said every um, every correct decision was made by a man in green and white as well. Well, I, I, we were second to every ball, all that yeah. type of stuff, and that's just well. That's, fun- that's fundamentals, though, isn't I it? I will obviously you're second to every ball because your whole team is so spread out because you're not actually going to control any space. If that ball is going to drop anywhere, your guys aren't going. Your guys are going to be near yeah. the other well, the other team because you're just man marking them everywhere. And I think that against 
you see that the awful, awful record that McInnes has got against Celtic and he's got against Rangers, and you see, but, but yet they're still what well, was only just now third in the table. But it's only goal difference. Uh huh. So the only goal difference away. So they're again against the lower, against the lesser teams, that they're, they're able to get away with it because yep. they're able to just man mark, push high up the pitch, really press them, uh, force mistakes because they sim- simply put. Uh, the level of player that they're playing against against the lesser teams, they maybe just aren't able to deal with that pressure. Whereas against a team with well, semi decent players, that's that's old hat. Again, you saw them. Oh, I watched them against um, against Rangers at Ibrox recently. So did I, yeah. yeah the huh. And they were just the Rangers tore them apart, yep. tore them apart over and over and over again. And um, I think the game finished was it two 0 or two one? Uh, well, I think it was two 0 was it? It was, it was two 0 but I think Aberdeen had a bunch of chances at the end, which was fine. That's always going to happen. But um, but that's the sort of thing. Though. If Aberdeen had had scored in that game or had got yeah. any sort of result, it would have been an absolute like it was a travesty, travesty yeah, from a football perspective. Because yeah. um, you know Rangers have improved. We can't we can't just keep saying Rangers because they're not. They've they've improved a hell of a lot. Yep. Um, I think I don't think they've improved as much as people are making out. I think it's just they've got a system together and they're working it. I don't think Rangers are particularly good overall. I think Rangers are probably the same level as Aberdeen. They might have a couple of better players than Aberdeen, and that's why they'll probably finish second. But Rangers are nowhere near our level yeah. at, at all. Um, I think the thing is we've just not been playing to our level this season. But that's yeah, you know, that's what it comes down to. That, have been so poor. Are they going to try and, and drag? Rangers have also been two, te- two steps forward, one step back. I mean, they, yeah. they they do have. I mean, they've still not went a serious run of form of games winning. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, the yeah. game against Aberdeen, the game against Ross County, and to an extent, the game against Fraserburgh, really good, really really good in terms of how the way they set themselves up and the way that you can see that. Uh, well, there will be in the winter break that like Graham Murray's said, right, okay, this is how we want to play. Because under uh, Kashina, it was all quite but, wings and crossy. But what you're talking about there is you're talking about uh, Aberdeen, who they always beat anyway, yeah. Ross County, who are bottom of the table, uh, and Fraserburgh, and then Hibs come into town and uh-huh. absolutely mug them. And that was, that was the thing, it was almost like I watched 45 minutes of the Hibs game, and it was just like, oh, well, where was the team that. Yeah. Played it. Even in terms of style, even in terms of what they were trying to do, they weren't trying to do any of those yeah, things yeah. at all. And they left themselves so open on the counter attack as well. It was unreal. And that's the thing about uh, Aberdeen. Oh, oh, yeah. They're just. There's so so much room. As soon as Celtic win the ball, there will be so much space. And I think I made a wee Twitter video highlighting um, that. I used a, fuck, uh, a few clips. I used one from the Celtic game just before New Year. And it was just a case of. Right, okay, I'll open up the video. Oh, okay, that's five minutes in. Oh, look, we've got two or three examples. I'll <laughs> yeah. take that one. And that, yeah. was, that was it. And that, that, the Celtic one was the easiest one of the lot because it was just a case of, all right, I know it's going to happen right about now. There we go. It's, it's funny because we're talking about, you know, challenge and all that, but, like, uh, the Celtic game, celtic Aberdeen game, just before Christmas was an absolute cakewalk for us. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Aberdeen game, I expect even a half-fit Tam will probably start that game. I don't think Tam will take, will come on against Zenit. But half at time will be there, um, and then you, you can literally, as long as Scott Brown's playing, it's fine. Uh, the, the thing that sort of annoys me quite a lot about, and I th- think it probably should be quite concerning for everyone, is that the stuff that Aberdeen are doing now, 
in terms of how they play, in terms of how they set up, the stuff that makes them so weak domestically is also what makes them, or against teams like Celtic Rangers, is also what makes them so weak when they go and play in Europe. Europe. Yeah. When they go and try to boost the coefficient. You look at the team, uh, again, I watched the... I watched all their qualifiers. Um, the team that put them out, I'm actually quite embarrassed. I don't, I don't remember who it was. Um, I can't yeah. But they were fine. They weren't outstanding. They weren't better than Aberdeen. And yet they're just, they were fairly half compact and they attacked with some sort of I think that's togetherness. To, I, I think, <laughs> see for example, see if you took Steve Clark. And you put him manager of that group of players. Yep. I think yeah. Aberdeen are closer to us. Oh, certainly. Miles. Miles and I think that's what it will we'll yeah. put. I say they're, if they're not in the Europa League group stages, then they went out of the playoffs. I, I, I just I don't rate Derek McInnes as a manager. Anyway, quick predictions for the Aberdeen game, Dermot. I think we're going to win it in 3 0. Fucking this guy. You're looking at. You're fucking 10 0. 10 0. Tam's feet, we on him. On him? He scores 10 goals in one Aye. game. Watch it happen. Jesus, 10 No, no headers. Uh, all, 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 all with a few. All with a toes. Prediction? 3 0. 3 0. I will go with. Uh, yeah, do you know Are what? We're not going to have an hour podcast before that. Uh, no, it's Sunday, it's you Sunday. fucking dickhead. Well, that's a bit harsh. Alright. <laughs> I forgot what day of the week it was. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, do you know what? I'll go 3 0 as well. Uh, to Celtic. Day sister on Tuesday. Controversial. Controversial. Uh, anyway, so that's our podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, thanks to Alex for, for coming on the next two weeks. We'll get you in the rotation. You, you're terrific. Um, Thank you very much for having me again. Um, try and have a bit more personality next time. It's fine. That's a joke. I'm only joking. I'll see myself out. You'll get you know, you don't know all the music. You're a music guy uh, as well. Uh, you know, I'll see you in the next nice. game. Oh, we're going to car seat headrest as well. So we'll uh, see you there. Just try to claw me back now. Again. I really am. <laughs> I um, Groveling. <laughs> we are the ninety minutes in it. You can check us out on Twitter. Oh, don't you never said that. You never said bye to us. I'm not. I'm going to. Off to off to a bad a bad end. Bad end. Bad end. We are the 90 Minutes Cynic. You can check us out on Twitter at 90 Minutes Cynic. Um, that's our Twitter handle where we put out all our details and uh, all the links to all of our stuff that we're doing. Um, our website, 90MinuteCynic.com, where you can check out our great articles. Um, yourself, uh, Alex, you did a terrific article on Ayer and uh, how he's developed and stuff. Um, there's some interesting articles about uh, dealing with depression in football and some fun interviews. The Cynical will be available soon. And uh, I don't think it's PDF. I can't remember what it's. An eHub. No idea what that is. As an electronic publication. EPUB, oh, it's right. an e- yeah. electronic publication. I'll let Christian and all that and bowed. I don't know. Uh, but look out for that. The, sh- the links to that should be on the, the Twitter handle um, when it breaks. Um, we're on speakerspeaker.com slash the 90 minutes cynic. We're also on iTunes. If you check us out on iTunes, just do a quick search. You can subscribe and you can leave us a positive comment. It would be terrific if they left us a positive comment there, It'd be nice. Yeah, be lovely. Would. Polite. It's nice to be nice. It's nice to be nice. This is why we bring you in. You're a gentleman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for. Uh, all, all, check out at, at 90 Minutes Cynic um, for all the links and details that should be fine Dermot Coyle cheers uh, enjoyed it as always terrific Thanks. great to see you uh, Low Dog the owl awesome great being here what for you or for me for both of us yeah no it's been a it's been a lovely evening good it's been great to see you all great stuff um, and I hope to be back soon you'll be back soon uh, Alex it's been terrific having you on and we'll get you back on soon yep thanks again for having me 
lovely stuff. I'm Chris Gallagher. We are the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. Mm-hmm.